Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Won't you please, could you please, please won't you be my gutters. Hi gutters, how are you today? Kevin Goatee back with listener episode number two. Blake Felton has chosen to do one of the films that Kevin Israel and I swore could never be attempted, and that is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. The original Indiana Jones trilogy now has been on all gutting the sacred cows. Can you believe this? We can't. Before we get to it, guttingthesacredcow.com. Every day for blog articles and fun stuff. Of course, the merch shop. Grab a shirt, grab a hoodie, long sleeves, whatever. Do not forget to please leave us a uh, five-star rating, two- or three-sentence review on the podcast platform of your choice. And if you want to advertise, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. And now we get to it. Blake Felton doing Raiders of the Lost Ark later. Shampoo is better. I go on first and clean the hair. Conditioner is better. I leave the hair silky and smooth. Oh, really, fool? Really? Oh, really, fool? Really? <laughs> oh, it looks like Kevin Israel finally got a quote. <laughs> what was I supposed to do today? Have five daiquiris? Oh, I did that. Hey, this is Frank's shirt. <laughs> or is my favorite. It's Nudie Magazine Day. Nudie Magazine Day. Man, in college, that movie was just fucking amazing. That was a senior I was in high school. I haven't seen it, haven't seen it in years. I don't know if it, if it holds up, but we quoted that entire movie during college. And you stopped quoting it as an adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are funny moments in it still. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, and I will say he admits that he knows the movie is Billy Madison. But listen... I'm sure you guys would have all given shit if you didn't state that. So here we go. We're here, and this is part two of our listener contest. As we're joined by Blake Fulton. Blake, how are you? What's happening, Blake? Doing good, guys. How are y'all? Magical. Blake won the contest, one of the contests, for our pick a film from our fans and try and take one down. And Blake took one I thought that would never, ever, 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 ever face public scrutiny. Kevin Israel, this I is. I think a, he did this. I think what? he did this just to be a contrarian. I feel like this was a plot. I have, I'm dying to hear his argument because he chose the third in this series that we've done in this podcast, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, we, we went it backwards, too. We did. I was just going to say, <laughs> we started at Last Crusade in episode three of the year ago. We did Temple of Doom. And here we are where it all began. 
man, this is going to piss people off. Indiana Jones and the, well, actually, it's just Raiders of the Lost Ark. 1981, budget of 20 million bucks. A box office haul of $389.9 million. Turn that into 2021 dollars, $60.3 million budget. Turn that into 2021 money. Um, Ready Avengers, $1.174 billion. God damn. Uh, and that, that feels right for this movie. Well, I have, a, a, I have another, I have one of my fun facts that will explain why to that, how it masks that. The obvious answer, well, not part of this fun, fun facts is there are not the same number of films coming out in 1981 yeah. at the frequency of two and three per week, whereas maybe be one every two or three weeks in the, you know, 70s, 80s. Yeah, for sure. Especially in this genre appealing to this audience. Oh, please. It appeals to this one. Well, this appears to everybody. Right. IMDb, as we all know, is a scale one through 10. Blake Fulton, what do you think the IMDb score is for Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh, it's obviously going to be high. I'd say somewhere. Yeah, IMDb seems to be a little bit lower than, uh, than Rotten Tomatoes on a lot of this. I'd say maybe a 9-2. Kevin Israel? 9-6. Eight four, wow, wow, <laughs> Lord, I thought. Kevin Israel, Ron Tomatoes, one through one hundred. What did the critics give Raiders of the Lost Ark? Ninety one percent. Blake, uh, I'm gonna go a little higher because I think that'll be. I'd say ninety three. Well, unlike last night, we don't have a contestant with two showcases. That's for sure. Ninety five percent for the critics. <laughs> Blake, what is the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes? All right, so if critics said 95, I'd have to say audience had to be 90, let's say 96. Kevin Israel? I'll, I'll just go one better and say 97. We have a winner of a show, two showcases, and that is Blake Show 96. <laughs> there was not much wiggle room on that one to try and $1 him. I know. You had to get it dead nuts on. <laughs> We all know that one. Quotes. I hate snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? And the other one, I think that I'm very surprised it's not a, more in today's lexicon. Throw me the idol, I'll throw you the whip. As opposed to when I would do that with friends and go, you know, if I want something they have and vice versa, throw me the idol, I'll throw you the whip. <laughs> Kevin Israel quotes. It was a bad date. Oh, yes. And, uh, I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> not, oh, you, the, not the most quotable movie, but the quotes that are, are, I mean, the snakes line is iconic. Uh, I dare say that Last Crusade was the most quote. Cool. I take that back. Temple of Doom only because of short round is more quotable than Last Crusade. Yeah, and that the the dinner scene, like everything, every word uttered in the dinner scene is quotable. Cheetos monkey brains. <laughs> How about you, Blake? Anything uh, quote-wise jump out at you? Yeah, there were a couple, actually, that, uh, that weren't mentioned. Uh, there's one part where he says, it's not the years, honey, it's the mileage. That one kind of uh, kind of stands out for me. Um, but that's, yeah, that's that's it, other than the ones you guys said. Yeah, this is not, this is the least quotable uh, IJ film, as they would say. But that's the deal. Five fun Facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. 
We all know who is slated to be Indiana Jones originally, right? Tom Selleck. But here are some names that were to be that were considered as well. Some of these you may go, I get it. Some of these may go, what the fuck? Uh, Mark Harmon was one of the names thrown in the mix. You know, good old Freddie Shoop from summer school. Sam Shepard. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Michael Bean from Terminator and Aliens and Tombstone fame. Bruce Boxleitner, uh, the Scarecrow of Mrs. King is the only thing I know him from. <laughs> and none other than Don Johnson himself, Don Johnson. Now, the women consider I could, for... I could see that. Yeah, I could too. I could see Mark Mark Harmon, definitely, but Tom Selleck? Yeah. Mm. I, I have to look up what Mark Harmon looked like in the 80s. Summer School. Have you not seen that film 150 times? No? Okay. Summer School, no. That's... 80s cheese at its finest. Well, not as not near as Commando's finest. Oh yeah, with the dog in the sock. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and a young Courtney Thorne Smith. Ooh la yeah. la. Oh, and a lot of vagina from Austin Powers. Yeah, he, you know what? A young Mark Harmon does kind of look like Harrison Ford, yeah. actually. Consider for the role of Marion, Jane Seymour, Mary Steenburgen. Didn't see that coming. Sean Young. D. Wallace, E.T.'s or Elliot's mom and E.T. And Barbara Hershey. They now, clearly had the exact type of woman that they wanted Marion to be. Well, D. Like Wallace wasn't going to be a knockout. Yeah. 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 They're all like, these are like the Jennifer Anisons of the early 80s. The cute, but not enough to make guys' tongues fall out of their mouth and eyes bulge out like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Except Jane Seymour. I think she's a. Uh, Quite, quite fetching. She was Dr. Quinn, right? Medicine woman. Oh, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> she was also in a James Bond film, Live and Let Die, which yeah, that's right. doesn't hold up. And Danny DeVito was supposed to play Sala, but could not get out of his contract for Taxi. Because <laughs> well, Sala was supposed to be Egyptian, right? Uh, he was. In this, he was Egyptian, yes. So, yeah, but it, I mean, and the actor they had, whose name is I'm blanking on is uh, Jonathan Reese Davies. Davies. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Number two, at first they used 2000 snakes, but Spielberg wanted more. So they raided all the pet shops in London and wrangled up uh, uh, an astoundingly high total of 10,000 snakes for that scene. What did they do with the snakes afterwards? They saved him for Pee Wee's Big Adventure where the pet shop was on fire. That scene. Ah! <laughs> By the way, uh, tangent, I, I caught up on Newsroom today. And in the scene, and the third episode is the girl who was in Hot Shots and Big Top Pee Wee, the Italian gal, Valeria Gold. Oh, yeah. She's in this, and time is not kind to her. Number three, the minecarts. And running behind the gong in Temple of Jo uh, Temple of Doom was originally were originally in the script for Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think we talked about that when we did Temple of Doom. You're right, we did. The face melting scene in the end of this film almost got it an R rating. Yeah, I mean that was pretty graphic for the time. Yeah, they that was before PG thirteen too, right? Exactly right. 
Exactly right. First PG-13 film was? Temple of Doom. Wrong. That's what I thought it was. And then I did my research. Oh, and we went through this. It was in Temple of Doom. It was Was 84. No. Red Dawn. Wow. I think I've always thought it was Temple of Doom. I did too. It was one of those. What's that called when you, the um, Mandela Mandela effect. effect. Jinx. (laughs) Number five. Raiders was in the top 10. For want to take a guess how many straight weeks Raiders was in the top 10 for movies? Well, because to your point that there weren't as many movies coming out, I feel like it probably had a, a good 25 week run. Okay. Uh, Blake, want to venture a guess? Uh, top 10? I would, I got it. Might be more than that. I'd say, you know, close to 50. Give me a number, not close to 50. 50. And Kevin, what's your number? 24, I think I said. Kevin, you're not even close. 41 straight wow. weeks. God damn. I mean, we're talking just shy of a year that's straight out. That's that's Jaws and Star Wars kind of, you know, tenure. Well, unfortunately, we didn't have anyone because I forgot to put this <laughs> out there. So I'm sorry for all the ask of gutters, all the usual folks. I will, I will, I will flagellate myself later on for that. So... We're going right to the meat of the heart and the heart of the matter. We're going to go right to Blake, Kevin, Israel, because now time to gut Cut. The, the sacred, sacred cow. cow. All right, guys. So j- just for starters, I kind of as the background, you know, I love the franchise and the character. I do. I love Indiana Jones. I love the, the movies. And w- when I say the franchise, I'm not talking about that abomination of a fourth film. This is you know, strictly the original trilogy from the 80s. But uh, you right know, I, I generally love it. Um, but the, but the problem comes in here with like with some of these scores. This this is an AFI top 100 film of all time. It's you know, got mid 90 scores that we just went over, and it's just racked with problems. And it's not just problems that affect the movie. It's, uh, in my opinion, first off, it's the worst of the three uh, original trilogy films. I would put them Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, Raiders in that order. But it doesn't just have problems itself. It causes problems with the franchise uh, that are only created by this movie. It, ha- it causes problems with the character that are only created by this movie. And I'll even posit a theory that it even caused retroactive problems with another iconic movie of the time, but I'll get to it a little bit. Um, Multi-layer meta arguments. Someone's too messy. (laughs) And that someone is me. (laughs) So uh, let's start off with the character. So, you know, obviously this is set up to be a character that is, uh, you know, the kind of the rough around the edges, roguish kind of Batman anti-hero and not the squeaky clean uh, Superman hero. But even before, just kind of across the entire franchise, you have problems with the fact that it's it's such a ripoff character from from different places. It's it's a it's the Alan Quartermain League of Extraordinary Gentlemen look, which is almost dead on. I mean, if you look back at some of those uh, early renderings of the Alan Quartermain character, I mean, it it is the exact same get up and garb. Um, as far as the kind of the way he 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 treats ladies, and he's he's kind of that uh, that devilish devil may care type of guy that's i mean it is it is straight out of the bond films right you know it was cool when when bond did it where it was from film to film there's a new woman and they don't 
feel any need to explain what happened to the old one because that's who the character is, right? And that implied kind of uh, character was character aspect was cool when you're the first person to do it, but when you just kind of ram it into this other character, it, it loses a little of its luster. But uh, so it's it's those two, and then everything else is Han Solo. It's the uh, it's the I'm not I'm, I'm the hero, but I'm I'm still kind of rough around the edges and all of that. Um, and, and you know, even so much that they took the same damn guy to play it, right? They cast the same guy to play the same type of character, uh, and for a series that was created by the same person that created Star Wars. And so, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but uh, you know, a lot of the uh, any big Star Wars fan and a lot of movie fans in general kind of know that you know one of the big problems with Star Wars, the original movie, that uh, A New Hope, one of the things that people have a problem with is when Lucas kind of after the fact uh, rewrote one of the scenes and had uh, Greedo shoot first, whereas the mantra is always Han shot first. Right. And that's right. Uh, a part of his character. That's an important part because it's like, he's not this guy that's going to be so chivalrous to wait until you fire first. It's once he sees it going that way, he's going to do whatever he has to, to win. Right. Right. And so uh, Indiana Jones is so much, so similar to Han Solo that, you know, there's that iconic scene in Indiana Jones where, you know, the guy comes out with a sword and he's waving it all over the place. And Indiana Jones just kind of pulls out the revolver and shoots him, right? And turns around. And so, you know, that's an iconic scene in this film. It, it, it added some uh, some comedic relief. But, you know, when you hear back and hear Lucas talk about why he changed Han Solo and had him, uh, had Greedo shoot first it, it was a bunch of bullshit like well it was really kind of meant to be that all along and you just didn't see it because we didn't have a wide angle view but that's completely uh contrary to the original script of star wars so i, I would posit that after the fact lucas looked back and saw that these characters were so much alike that and he can't change the scene in indiana jones because everybody would notice it so i think he really tried to slip under the radar uh, changing that scene in Star Wars for the whole purpose of not making it so much like Indiana Jones and in the process, fucked up Star Wars. That is a fascinating conspiracy theory. I am <laughs> very entrenched in this <laughs> argument. Continue, <laughs> sir, continue. Yeah, so so that's, that's where I was getting at about it screwing up other iconic films at the time. But uh, the other problems with the character are, you know, that are solely created by this film is, you know, there's a, there's a fine line between rough around the edges and just dirty fucking asshole right and so in this film you know the first time he meets marion she has this line that says i was a child i was in love it was wrong and you knew it um so that are on its own that has some pretty nasty implications now you know you could think you know well maybe it was she was 21 and immature and he was 34 right it's like okay not too bad but uh it, there's actually some other media that outside of the films you know there's all the comic books and books and other stuff but it was something canon to the film where it kind of came out that marion was actually 15 and he was like 26 or 27 so we're talking like full on statutory rape here <laughs> so it's that that kind of takes us outside of the realm of you know, roguish kind of anti-hero and starts to move us into the realm of bad guy. But then there's one other thing that I think might be even worse. And, you know, we've already talked about, you know, or kind of back up, you know, Temple of Doom was shot actually as a prequel to Raiders. Right. And so the events from Temple of Doom happened about a year before Raiders. And so you come into Raiders and, you know, no mention of Willie, like that's, you know, they took that James Bond approach, completely understand that. But uh, here's the question I have is, where the fuck is Short Round? Excellent guy, question. 
Excellent. That, love him. Love him. That guy took, you know, he, he took this kid out of Southeast Asia, took him to India, put him in all this uh, danger in a temple of doom. And then the last place you see him is they're all kind of jumping up and down with the Indians. And then a year later, and there's no mention or sight of him, you know, if, uh, you know, if Indiana Jones was just uh, talking to Marcus Brody before he leaves and said something like, be sure to look after the kid or something like that, you know, okay, then that's fine. But like, I, I guess he just dropped him off at the nearest orphanage and kind of got back <laughs> to his own life. Because like, uh, so that, he, that found a, he found an adoption family, like if I can, you know, so I pick a Christmas film, they find the, the scamp on the street. Exactly right. Madonna walked to the village and he was like, hey, I got one for you. No, he's too light for Madonna. <laughs> It'd be Angelina Jolie, right? Angelina Jolie, yeah. So those two things kind of take it out of the character of being just kind of a roguish guy to being a pretty bad freaking guy. Um, but that, so that's the problems with the character. Uh, the plot itself, and again, this is, you know, action movies you expect, you know, you, you kind of give them a pass sometimes on plot, right? Except when you're going to be on the AFI top 100 and have 90s grades, you can't have glaring p- plot holes. And so uh, some of the problems I saw with the plot in general was it, it just got repetitive to me. You know, there's the great opening scene, which I think, I think that opening scene caused so many people to have so much nostalgia because it was, it just grabbed people from the beginning that they ignored so much else about the film. But um, yeah, the, the plot just got repetitive after that. It was, you know, we're going to search for something. We're going to find it. We're going to lose it. Uh, we're going to escape some trap. We're going to chase them down. And then we're going to just rinse and repeat kind of the whole film. And so it kind of got to where it drug a little, just dragging from action sequence to action sequence. Um, and then another part of the plot, and this one's come become kind of a popular, uh, you know, kind of a popular thing to say recently with it's kind of being mentioned in other media, but, it is true that Indiana Jones plays no role in the outcome of this film. If he sits at home on the couch, they go find the ark. Maybe they take a little longer to get it. Actually. Um, they take it to the island, they open it and all of their faces melt. Um, and so that, the, the fact that he plays no role and, and, you know, that's that, that, you know, some people would say, Oh, well, it's a character study or, Oh, well, it's meant to, to show that no matter what he does, it doesn't matter. But you know, that's, this it'd be fine if that movie was set up that way but it wasn't it was set up to be a hero let let me let me interject for one second i see the argument you could say the same about last crusade because once the nazis go in break in take the fucking grail they can't get past the seal because everything goes to fucking hell and the cup is lost forever the only thing they can do is hopefully drink from the cup escape with their you know eternal souls and and live on with an upward but you can make the same argument for last crusade Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. But again, Last Crusade isn't on the AFI Top 100 list either. <laughs> so, That's a goddamn shame, um, too. Uh, no, I, I, I'll agree with you on that. But you know, whatever kind of counter argument you, you make about why it's it's not a big deal or it's okay or you can get past that, you know, the, the way I kind of think of it is it's kind of like falling asleep and, and, and you're dreaming that uh, you're kind of playing the Tommy Lee role in the Pam and Tommy Lee video from back in the early <laughs> 90s right? or late 90s, early 2000s, right? And then, you know, all of a sudden you wake up and it's the dog licking your balls, right? I mean, it's, you know, it, it could be worse. It could be the cat and that scratchy ass tongue licking them, but it's still far away from what you thought was going on. Does your, does your border collie have a set of D cups that won't quit? Is that what's going on over there? <laughs> right. That analogy was fascinating. Yes. Uh, so uh, anyway, that, that, that's kind of the other plot point. And then the third plot point is like, you know, they didn't really go into the, the whole I could understand if the Nazis were going to try to destroy the Ark, right? But 
they were trying to capture it and maybe presumably thought it had some type of magical power, which having the Hitler-led Nazi party chasing down the Jewish Ark of the Covenant for purposes of some type of magical power, that really doesn't track based on, uh, you know, if he really believed in uh, that that was the case, it'd be hard to, to believe that he was going to commit all the, the mass, the, you know, the greatest instance of mass genocide in the history of our world, if he really believed in all that. And so that, that kind of always struck me a little uh, different as well. Um, and then just going through a couple of the scenes, uh, that opening scene, everybody loves it, but it has its own problems. Uh, you know, and, and again, if, if he was going and trying to get that little, uh, the idol for the money, right. Or, you know, that it's this big piece of chunk of gold. All right. That makes sense. But having it to just take it and put it in a museum. The problem I have with that is that, you know, the archeological find here is this freaking intricate, uh, incredibly woven system of traps in this cave. That's the archeological find. It's not this bobble at the end of the, at the end of the tunnel. Right. And so, that that's part of a problem. And then, you know, some of the traps, uh, you know, I, I want to know how they had this light activated motion sensor trap that shoots out stuff <laughs> <laughs> like from the, that's this ancient group is going to shoot out um, from way back. Because Mayans, Blake, all you got to know is lions. Right. <laughs> well, and then on top of that, you know, they're in the rainforest and somehow they find this perfectly round 12 foot tall boulder that rolls perfectly down this and fits perfectly in this, in this cavern. And, you know, so how they found that in the rainforest where there aren't a whole lot of rocks anyway, um, that's beyond me. Um, and then, and then kind of the, the whip, that whip is the most amazing whip that has ever been created on the face of the planet. And, and like it's so much so that it distracts me at some points from trying to decide whether the, the whip or you know, Wonder Woman's lasso of truth has more magical power to. Um, <laughs> yeah, but one yeah, of those one of those gave me a boner. The other one didn't. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I, he I really liked whips. Some, yeah. Well, you know, I kept expecting at some point to have this forty five minute uh, origin story of the whip, where you find out that it was made by Hattori Hanso and was you know, <laughs> per- cre- created to uh, singe the hair off of Lucy Liu's taint or something like that. <laughs> That uh, it, it just had that that magical power, but um, anyway, so that's the opening scene, which was you know, despite the action uh, and the way it grabs people, it, it still had its problems. Um, and then kind of jumping forward all the way to the end with the face melting scene, you know, first off, I don't know why after this guy has got away from them five different times, they capture him again and just decide that you know what, we're just going to tie him to this fucking post now. Uh, you know, don't not kill him. We're just going to tie him and her to this, to this fucking post. Like, all right, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but but proceed. And so at this point, and this is one of the reasons I think that that they that Indy plays no no role in the outcome. And I think it's uh, part of the reason that um, that 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 they didn't you know create the, the idea of Hitler going after the Ark to destroy it is because they had to be so ham fisted and cram in this face melting scene because they were like, Oh, it's this special effects. We got to do special effects, which, you know, star Wars and especially empire strikes back, which was out at the time had special effects that still hold up fairly well for the time. Uh, A lot of movies after that, Jurassic park, the matrix, those both still have special special effects hold up for this, for the time. But uh, that face melting scene was freaking awful. 
the effects were absolute garbage. I mean, it's it's hard to watch it. So it's it's so awful. Um, but they and I, I do think that they had to be so hampered to jam all that in. Um, and then the other thing about that scene that, that makes sense to me is that um, you know earlier in the movie, Indiana Jones said that he didn't believe in all that magic stuff, which is ironic since he'd already been through the freaking Temple of Doom at this point and saw saw him uh, you know ripping out hearts and uh, and magic stones and all of that. But um, he doesn't believe in magic, but now he does. And they and, and it's as simple as closing your eyes. Like, how does closing your eyes and just not looking at that, like whatever was released from there, they're just, oh, oh, he's got his eyes closed. No, you know, nothing, nothing to see there. Kind of move on past them. Uh, so that doesn't really make sense to me either. Um, and then just running through some highlights of some of the other uh, big, big problems I have with some of these scenes. Um, one, the fight choreography was just downright bad. It was just, I mean, it, it looked like, you know, 1966 Batman and Robin fight choreography, <laughs> you know, the whole time. It was just like any of the, you know, some of the action scenes are fine, but the ones that have anything to do with fight choreography is, is just bad. Um, in the map room, the, uh, you know, he set up the staff and there's other problems with the staff and its height and things like that. But, uh, but the biggest problem I had with that is that, you know, he's sitting there and that, that light was moving across that map room at a blistering pace. Uh, <laughs> it just flew all fuck. the way across the room. And then instead of just doing a, you know, kind of like a magnifying glass pinpoint type of precision, uh, you know, it, there's this great magical laser beam of light that shoots out from the staff. Um, so that was a, one of the problems there. Uh, when he's escaping from where, from the snake pit where he got the art, they're escaping and they come out right Nazi airfield. Uh, and they push out two of the most precariously, oddly placed boulders I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is right next to the airfield where they can look, you know, presumably they've been there for a while and like nobody noticed these, you know, precariously placed boulders that don't fit with the rest of the scene. Um, and that's among other problems there. You know, at, at the end of the day, I didn't have time to nitpick because there's so many things to nitpick in this movie. But you um, had plenty of time. You came up with a goddamn cross-sectional comparison <laughs> with fucking Han Solo. <laughs> yes, you did have plenty of time, you liar. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, moving to the truck chase scene. Uh, again, there are other problems with that. But uh, the one the guy got a kick out of was, you know, he's riding on the front of the truck. And the car in front of him is like beckoning him to say, hey, come on, ram him, ram him. And the car doesn't. You know, this this cargo truck apparently has to get up to speed to do that because the car in front of him is not going to slow down. He's beckoning the ram him, but like the easiest thing to do is for them to slow down a little bit. But it takes time, and they you know they don't let him do that. And then he gets drugged down the back, and uh, uh, you know, I mean that's the way neo Nazis kill people, dragging them down a dirt road behind a vehicle, and he barely uh, you know, doesn't even have to come out with a road rash. So uh, he's got that leather jacket, leather jackets protect from everything. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, and a couple more. One, uh, when he's on the boat before they, they take him off and, and come and hijack the boat, take him to the submarine, and he's doing the uh, the whole thing with Marion where it's like, where, is it, where does it not hurt? He, he points to his elbow and she kisses it, and then he does his, his forehead and his eye and his lips. And uh, I know that there's not a single guy that watched this movie that, that as soon as he started that didn't think to themselves, oh, I know where I'm pointing next. And, uh, and and they certainly knew, didn't uh, you know, didn't weren't thinking about stopping at the lips. You know, I mean, everybody knows exactly where he was going to point next, and they just decided to cut it out of the film. Um, and then last thing I have is uh, is the submarine. You know, he gets on this submarine, 
which goes thousands of miles and clearly was submerged because they were using the periscope at some point. So he either had to jump into this tight ass quarter <laughs> arrangement with the Nazis on a submarine where there's no like hiding places on a sub. It's meant to be as efficient on space as possible. So he had to either do that or he hung on to the back of the submarine as it was submerged uh, somewhere across the way. Like they're keel hauling him <laughs> like a fucking pirate ship. <laughs> like, like John Candy in Great Outdoors as he's water skiing. Uh, so, uh, so that, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of the argument there. I mean, the, the big focus is on the grade. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, a top 100 film and it's mid nineties. And so, and you know, it, it creates problems with the series and the character and with, with star Wars. <laughs> and, uh, and in my opinion is the worst of the three films. And so that, for, for that reason, I think it is entirely overrated, uh, as a, as an individual film, even though the series is great. Give me a number one to 10. Uh, I'll do a, uh, I'll say a three, mainly. Whoa! Because, uh, wow. Wow. Well, I didn't expect it's, it's, that. Me neither. Look, because, because it screws up so many other properties. That, that's the problem. It screws up the series. It screws up other properties. Um, you know, I, I'd say it gets a, it gets a point for, uh, for some of the action scenes being good in a vacuum if they didn't have the fight choreography in it. And then, uh, and then you, you automatically start with two points for a John Williams score. So. Oh, that's fair. John John Williams makes damn near everything good except for episode yeah. one. Wait a minute. Wait, if you're giving this a three, what are you giving Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Oh, I mean that, that's got to be a zero. Like, there's nothing, no, nothing redeeming about that film, in my opinion. What's worse than that, Napoleon Dynamite or Kingdom of the Crystal yes. Skull? Uh, Napoleon Dynamite is the worst film ever made. Ah, good. See, I now, fucking now, hate now, that. Now, now we're back. You know what, though? Course. I would, I would argue that. Crystal Skull is actually worse because it took such a great franchise and ruined it. Napoleon Dynamite was just a shitty standalone movie. Crystal Skull could have been good. Well, first of all, we didn't even need it, and it could have been good, but they just made a shitty movie. Breaks my breaks my sequel rule, Kevin Israel. One, you cannot have a, another film more than 10 years after the last one. Two, you cannot go from an R to a PG-13, and that destroyed one uh, the first part of that rule. Destroyed. And how many sequels have we seen come out years and years after the fact that were good? Answer, not many. The only one I can still think of, top of my head, Tron Legacy. And then, by the way, better than the original Tron. Tron is not good. I digress. Three out of ten. I Wow. Yeah, that's Listen, a Kevin Israel, the floor is yours. Thank you. You're welcome. First of all, let me say well done, Blake. That was yeah. As, as, a, as a fan coming on, you know your stuff. You had a plan. And you stuck to it, so kudos to you. I want to start off by saying Indiana Jones is not a nice guy. It's, and I, th- I think you get so lost in the heroics and his and action. He's really not a nice guy. And I, hate to, and I hate to use this really, really geeky explanation. But I played Dungeons and & Dragons. And when you, when you made your characters, you picked what alignment they were, whether they're good, neutral, or evil. And then within those, there was... Um, Lawful, chaotic, and something else. And if you were like lawful good, you were basically like a priest. And if you were chaotic evil, you were a serial killer. At best, Indiana Jones is lawful neutral. Like he, he sticks, he has his concerns and his code and he lives by that. And I would say that he is actually different than Han Solo. I know on the surface it kind of seems like he is, but I would almost compare him closer to the kid in Whiplash because he is so obsessed with 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 artifacts with archaeology he will screw over everything else to get to that goal and he's like he's 
he's so single-minded about it that, and you see it throughout the movie. Like he screws over, um, uh, what's her name? Marion. Marion a number of times because he wa- because he wants to get, and, and it's funny when he goes into the tent and then he leaves her there in my head, I thought he, w- I thought he was going to say, and this is almost Mandela effect. I thought he says, no, it's safer for you to stay here. But it's not. He doesn't do that. He leaves her there because he doesn't want to get caught and he needs to go get the ark. It has nothing to do with her safety. He she could be getting raped or murder. He doesn't know what's happening to her. He's 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 a dickhead. He, I, well, hold on, hold on. I have, I'm going to contest that only because first of all, if they go back to the tent, they see she's gone. They know something is up. Second of all, what she's only going to drag him, slow him down while he does that. It's only, and you're making my point. Yeah, yeah. But but <laughs> listen, no, no. But listen, you can't let her run around. If she's gone when they go back in that tent, it's red alert. Everything goes on. Every, everything is on. Everyone on full watch. That's the best way to kind of say, you know what? Stay here. No suspicions will arise. I'll be back for you, Kev. I don't disagree with you, okay. and I don't. I, I I would probably have done the same thing. And maybe that makes me not you know, a really good person hero. And he's not, he's not, he doesn't, he's not like a hero saving the world. He's not out there to, you know, he didn't go out there to stop the Nazis. He just wanted this thing. That's why he got into it. He's a, he, and and he complains about the Nazis all throughout this franchise. He's, he's, but he's not a roguish like Han Solo. Han Solo is a guy who just wants money wants to be left alone and wants to, you know, sort of have a good time. Indiana Jones has an obsession that he's so fixated on. He'll screw over other people, his friends. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll go out of his way just to get the, his, his one goal. And that's all he really cares about. Um, so I, I think that's an important distinction and an important understanding of the character going into this. And I also think that over the years, he sort of morphed, the character morphed into this like hero. Where he's, you know, like a good guy, but he really, he really isn't. Anyway, that's my, that's my diatribe about who Indiana Jones is. As far, and as far as your point about then when he shoots the guy in the, in, in, when they're in the village and he just, and the guy has the sword and he just shoots him, that scene was actually supposed to have a huge fight. There was supposed to be a massive battle of a fist, another fist fight, but Indiana, but uh, Harrison Ford had a stomach virus. And he, that sweat you saw was real. Like he was miserably sick. And so rather than do that, and they didn't even know he was going to do it. He just pulled out the gun and shot him. And that was, and that was how the scene went. And it became iconic, but that was the, he, the character wasn't even written as that he was supposed to go and have another huge, poorly choreographed fight scene. And I will say that I agree with you. The, the fisticuff fight scenes in this movie are pretty rough, but we just recently did commando. And I gotta tell you, <laughs> compared to the compared to the hand to hand combat in Commando, this is this is like close to John Wickian. <laughs> there, and, and in a way, the the fight scenes are almost more real because it's just that you know, like when he slugs it out with that big guy by the plane, that's real. That's kind of what a what a like a a boxing real boxing fight would go down like. Like it'd be a couple of guys punching each other. The bigger guy would you know would would start would you know would start winning. And Indiana Jones only won kind of by luck. Um, it wasn't like he, you know, he's a small, small, great fighter, but he is. And I would like to know, and I mean, I'm sure it's been covered in, in, you know, other medium, but, uh, what's his background? Cause he is, I mean, he's an archeologist and I get that he's an adventurer, but he can fight. He, he, he can, I, I think in one of the, in one of the movies, he flies a plane. Um, and, uh, he has, Why, yes, 
Land, no. Land, no. Right, 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 right. Uh, he has all of these abilities, and it's just it's just amazing to think that he's just an archaeologist. Like, he's the coolest ar- archaeologist, um, and probably the second one to him is Grant from Jurassic Park. Uh, paleontologist, big difference. Oh, and he's right, and he was a paleontologist. Good call, good call. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> historical sci- scientist, then I'll say. Fair, sustainable. Um, so, yeah, so... He's he's clearly you know not a not a character really obviously founded in in reality but he is a character that formed an just an iconic legacy. I think if you if you can look at a character and say people are still dressing up as this guy for Halloween, that is a huge huge statement. You know, forty years after the movie came out, people are still trying to emulate this character, and movies are still trying to recreate. A lot of the magic of this of this of this movie that's the the boulder scene which you're 100 right it is ridiculous and where they found a perfectly spherical rock to run down a track that you know that that's just crazy and, and a question about that scene how is that golden totem still so clean it was still perfect it would look like it was just shined the other day everything he goes after is always in the art when they take out the the ark of the covenant it still looks perfect it you know nothing nothing is ever ever dusty or that he's that he's trying to find. And speaking of what he's trying to find, one of the things I realized on rewatch that it never occurred to me was that the beginning scene of each of these movies is always like its own little. It's like a scene from a previous movie that's just ending, and he never successfully gets whatever it is that he was going after. In this one, he loses the totem. In uh, in Temple of Doom, he loses the diamond or whatever that jewel was because he was he he tries to trade it for the the serum and in uh in the third one he's it's the flashback to him as a kid and he loses that that other totem to the guy that he models himself after who has the the hat so that's a i apparently that was i don't know if that was done intentionally but he never actually gets it and your point is amazing you're 100 right that had he literally sat at home this probably would would never have none of this would have ever happened. And I would even go one further. They would have never found the ark. They only found the ark because he un, he uncovered it. They only had the first half piece of that the the head of that staff because the guy burnt his hand and they were never going to figure it out. They would have worked and worked and worked until Hitler finally said, "All right, we've expended enough money. Come home." And then if he just waited a while, the, the Germans would have left. He could have gone in and gotten it and avoided this entire ridiculous adventure. So that's, that's, uh, that's a great point. And I, I would actually even go at one further. Oh. My, the character that causes me the most problem in this is the monkey. <laughs> Whose side is the monkey on? <laughs> oh. This, this monkey <laughs> has the strangest character arc I've ever seen in a movie. He starts off as a, as a cute monkey. Then it turns out he's working for the Nazis and he does the Heil Hitler sign. Yes. Then he's back to being a friend. Then he's back with the guy with the with the patch on his eye. Then he's back with Indiana Jones. Then the guy with the patch on eye gives him a dirty look and he gets scared. And then he ends up back with Indiana Jones in the room. And luckily, he's the one who eat, eats the poison date and dies. That that that's its own movie. This, the life of that monkey in this movie could have been its own little mini picture because he he had a tortured history in this film. And I really want to know a little more about his loyalties because it really confuses me. And I want to know about the uh, monkey in that film after this film was over, because 
after you've learned how to do the Nazi salute, you can't unring that bell. <laughs> and I want to see him hanging out at home or wherever he is, just giving the, the Hitler salute, you know, watching hang out in the old monkey's retirement home, demanding that the aide put on the, uh, the newest VHS copy of American History X as he kicks back and enjoys a curb stomping or two while giving the, uh, the Ohio Hitler. Like, can you imagine he goes to kids' birthday parties? Because that's what they probably do, <laughs> rent them out. The kid, you know, juggling dates in the air, fucking jumping around and starts kicking around Heil Hitler's salutes. <laughs> you fucking kid. That's the that's the e true Hollywood story we were robbed of. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So the, so I think the monkey needs a, a little more a little more attention. I think we can all, we can all agree on that. Your submarine point was fantastic. I had the exact same thing. It Me looks too. like they tried to say that the submarine never actually submerged, that it just stayed above water the whole time. But and I had the same note that why were they looking through the periscope if the submarine was above water i never realized that they never accounted for indiana jones's location uh in or on the submarine during that entire trip so look i mean i could i could i have a lot of little nitpicky things that i'm not even going to get into but i do love the end of this movie the beginning of this movie and the end of and the end of the movie are two of my favorite parts of actually the entire movie I think the beginning is just such a great little encapsulation of who Indiana Jones is. And the end, the idea of this government facility, this just, you know, infinite government facility that has all of these secret, you know, acquired artifacts and whatever else are in those crates just fascinates me. And it fascinated somebody else so much that they actually made a TV show out of it called Mm -hmm. Warehouse 13, I think it was called. And it ran for like three or four seasons. And it was 100% just stolen from this idea. And it's such, it's such a cool idea. And, you know, they, they harken back to it in crystal skull when he goes to get, um, what was he going there to get? I don't even remember what he was going there to get, but uh, I think they end up blowing up the facility, but it's, it, that's just, it's just so cool to me. And the, the, this movie just builds such a great universe at such an interesting time. And his, the whole, that, that whole world war two period, and the the idea that Hitler was obsessed with the occult, which we've seen in other movies, that, that was the basis of Hellboy. Uh, we've seen it, and it's it's happened. We've seen it in a couple other movies, and it was true that he actually was, and he was trying to acquire a bunch of different artifacts. But this movie, you know, I I watched it. I just watched it today, and I I liked watching it. I actually stopped writing notes because I got so into watching it again. And I you you made a lot of great points, Blake, but. For me, this uh, this is just such an iconic movie, and he's such a great character, and and he can even stand up having a shitty last movie. So, yeah, for me, I'll 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 always love this movie, and it will be it's it will be, and it still is uh, bulletproof to me. Give me this a number. movie's a nine. Hold on, now I, I have one point of that last thing you just said. You love this film. I think you love it maybe because of the franchise and not because of this. This was a standalone film. I love to know the level of love you have for it as opposed to temple. I think, I think this is a great, I think, I think it's a great movie. I think it, it's, it's split. It's divided into a bunch of smaller scenes. Like Blake was saying, like each, each little scene is its own little adventure where you find out a little more about Indiana Jones and this whole pro this whole process. I think it's broken up. It's actually broken up. And I hate to go back to my geek history. It's broken up like a Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Um, and to me, I, I think it's I think it's a great movie. It runs seamlessly. Even the ex, even the exhibition exhibition scene um, where he's talking about uh, in the very beginning, he's explaining the whole history of the arc and everything. 
it that didn't drag. He he did such a good job telling that story. I think that I there's I don't think there's any fat on this movie. There's nothing I would take out. Give me so you gave it a nine. Rank yeah. the uh, Indiana Jones films in order for your preference, please. Uh, nine. I don't remember what I gave Temple of Doom, but I'd probably give it a seven or six and a half or seven. Uh, and then Crusade. I, th- I think I'd probably go back up to a nine for Crusade. I love Crusade. As do you love Crusade more than this or less? I think it's I think it's close to being equal, but for me, I like this one more because it's so it's all Indiana Jones based, and Crusade really the, the, the you know it's his dad in him. It's, it becomes like a buddy cop movie. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where every day you find fantastic blogs like everyone's favorite, That Doesn't Happen. Kevin Israel, have you ever gotten one inside a car dealership and turn on the ignition? No, you have not. Nope. Have I? And if someone ever gets in a car and decides to hit the gas, do you stand in front of the car and wave your arms like you're trying to land an airplane? No. No. That doesn't happen. Common sense. Right. Find more things like that on our blog, movie news, movies that we have seen. I will, by the time this drops, I will have fully reviewed the new Bond film. Um, what else do we do? Trailer talk. We're going to talk about, oh, God, whatever else is coming up this week. We'll talk about trailers. And that's that. Notes. It's funny to see Dr. Octopus as a slack-jawed tour guide. <laughs> Alfred Molina's first film is this, by the way. I'm going to make a click-click sound like Belloc did when he wanted someone chased. So whenever my daughter runs around the playground, I'll go to my wife, you know, kind of like Brad Pitt in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and make the wife go chase after her. <laughs> Hilarious. So Indy's buddy gets 35 blow darts in the back, but none of the tribe takes a single shot at him as he's running toward the airplane. Okay. Got it. Good. This is worse than commando in that sense. The last time I saw a ball that big was watching a porno with Lexington Lexington Steel. Hey-oh! This is a public service announcement I'm going to decree. And Kevin Israel, you're going to co-sign this, like it or not. All women that attend our next Gutting the Sacred Cow live show must write love you on their eyelids as Indiana Jones students did. How much did that hurt to do? It was a labor of love. (laughs) Clearly, literally. (laughs) Marion does all these shots in the bar and then immediately carries on like she can operate heavy machinery as if she was shotgunning water. Not even a, you know what, Indiana Jones? You always came too damn quick anyway. (laughs) She carries on and fights. If she banged out 15 shots of whatever that was, she'd she'd be blubbering more than Kevin Israel at the end of the notebook. I'm no lawyer. But I'm pretty sure Indiana Jones did just cop the statutory rape. I was young. You know what you were doing. By the way, if that's if I was young, you know what you were doing. If that's not the title of Scott Bayo's autobiography, that's a missed opportunity. Thank you. The sword wielding guy in Cairo getting shot by Indy always makes me laugh. And all because of one reason, Harrison Ford had diarrhea that day. We've all done a lot of the uh, Lamaze breathing while driving home. Uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones just shoots somebody. I would prefer his method better. See, sending in a ton of kids to rescue you is creepy. Unless you're Jeffrey Epstein, Jeffrey Jones, or Jeffrey Tambor. Just kidding, Jeffrey Tambor. I don't know if you're a pedophile, but the other two are. 
I do have a question about that that maybe you can answer. Maybe. When did that when was that pedophile part? When (laughs) when was that plan created? When when was it decided that those kids were gonna run in and surround him and help him get out of that situation? Uh, I have uh, no idea. So uh, listen, I'll let that I'll let that one slide on the uh, the planning uh, category. You said it, Blake. You son of a bitch. That sun disappeared awfully fast in that sunroom. The only thing missing was Indiana Jones running around that room while the Benny Hill theme played. <laughs> snapping that sun rod and dew is a clear indication that someone was down there and that object can easily be fixed up and taped back up to find out where exactly to fucking look for the ark. Indiana Jones may be able to solve uh, archaeological mysteries, but killing somebody and getting away with it? Nope. I've said it before, and I'll say it again to the goddamn, you know, to the end of the end of time. I'm insanely jealous of people that, that could put their hat on their face on an airplane and fall asleep. That's mystical to me. Mystical. Do you think Indiana Jones, when he was banging Marion, do you think he looked at her pussy and goes, it belongs in a museum? <laughs> or, or like cleaning off the ark, did he go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spit on it. <laughs> Give her a chicken cutlet while down there. Oh, we're going to die anyway. Might as well go out with one more bang, right? <laughs> the last time I saw that many snakes in a room, they were asking me to bring seven friends so I could perform for five minutes at Dangerfield's Comedy Club. Jeez. That joke is for Kevin Israel and Kevin Israel only. <laughs> you guys, how did you miss this? The Nazi in the black trench coat and hat brought nothing to the table. Absolutely fucking nothing. He burned his hand. He had a creepy laugh and he had a cute little pull- moment where he had the hat with the, the coat with the, the coat hanger and put his coat on it. Fuck it. All his moments felt so forced and contrived. I didn't buy anything he did or said for a second ago. This is square peg round, round hole territory for me. I'm not buying that. Nope. It's a, it's a, a very solid point because they really built him up. Like he was going to be this terrifying character who had some like either evil ability or evil, like, like he was going to be like the torture guy or something. And he, you're right. He does nothing other than looks creepy. Nothing. I can suspend disbelief for a lot of things in these films like these, but God damn it. Anyway, scale, <coughs> excuse me, scaling a huge statue, dislodging it from the ceiling and then getting it to crash through a wall is a bit much. And then climbing up through the wall and pushing out one huge granite fucking rock to escape. Do you know how many slaves it takes to get those things in place? Probably six. Motherfucking Indiana Jones just heave hose that bitch right on through. Poof, we're out here. Nope. Belloc is a boring antagonist. Sure, he's there at the right time to win some mini battles, but there is no real true loathsome feelings. I get Nazis are the true enemy in this film, but I tell you what, Mola Ram is a top 10 villain of all time. Elsa and the other Nazi uh, general and Donovan in Crusade, far more evil and awesome and loathsome than in this. These villains did not bring the heat in this film. Nowhere near the other ones had. How the fuck did that German U-boat track down the ship Indiana Jones was on? No one flipped on that. No crew on that on that on the African guy's uh, ship flipped so you could have been like oh he radioed, radioed coordinates in there no one knew where the fuck they were how did that u-boat know where to find them 
It's not like I see Kevin Israel in the grocery store going, hey, fancy seeing you here. No, you're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Fuck you. <laughs> Did Belloc jump the guy who played Jombie from Pee-wee's Big Adventure for that costume when they opened the arc? Where did he get that uniform? <laughs> Where? Did he stash it on the U-boat? Can you imagine him doing a little fashion show on that U-boat with the German officers snickering at him as he preens in front of a mirror? There is your magic carpet. Ooh. Well, and, and, and also to that point, where did he get a dress from? Right. How did he just have this dress out in the middle of the desert that happened to fit her perfectly? Uh, brought it in. No idea. Uh, let's see here. Why the, the hell did they have to go to the bottom of Greece to open the ark? Why not make it a quicker trip? Go to Africa. Go where you were. And if something nuclear happens when you open the ark, it's a desert. But instead, you go to the bottom of Greece, schlep there, and then have to make way your way back up to Germany. Doesn't, for Germans, not very efficient, people. My, uh, you know, come on. I don't like you doing this Jew ritual. <laughs> Which, why was it a Jew ritual? First of all, the Ten Commandments are in the New Testament, too. They're in the Bible. Right. And they didn't do anything, you know, I mean, I guess he was doing some kind. I don't know what that was that he was doing. I know this is 1981, but you said it. Uh, these effects are very rough. Not, listen, they're not Ghostbusters bad, awful, but they could definitely use a toucher. Uh, uh, their Ghostbusters effects are terrible. So don't defend. Don't, you like the film, that's fine. The effects are dog shit. But this could use a touch-up. This film needed a big touch-up. I mean, especially that scene with the woman's face at the, ooh, holy shit. It's terrible. I thought the worst was when, he's, when, they're, on, when they're just discovered the arc and there's a storm going on in the background. Oh, yeah. And it looked exactly like they were just standing in front of a movie screen with a storm going on. <laughs> I mean, the only thing missing is let's say, there is no God, only Zool. <laughs> You're really going to fight, man. We're going <laughs> to, this is it. I like to lock up Jesse Eisenberg, Aquafina, and Wes Anderson in that same storage facility where they locked up the Ark. <laughs> this is a great movie, and it is an absolute trailblazer film and character. Some of the most iconic scenes in film history are in this film. The boulder chase, the snakes, the fight in front of the airplane. But this story is too choppy for me. The villains, not good. Nope. Much like Lethal Weapon. And other franchises. Indiana Jones finds his true footing in later films. You can't tell me the Indiana Jones in this film is better than he is in either Crusade or Temple of Doom. Because they figured it out. They threw through more jokes in there. You learn a little bit more. No. Marion is fine. Sala is fine. This film didn't hit me like everybody else has. Last Crusade is my favorite by far. I'm with you, Blake. I'm with you. Every light is green in that movie. I love it. And you're right, Kevin. Is it because Connery's in there too? Sure. But you know what? There's always room for Jello, as they say. I don't hate Temple of Doom, but Mola Ram's a top 10 villain. I think he's probably the best villain in this entire franchise by far. I know this is a good film. I just prefer Last Crusade over this. And I prefer Temple of Doom over this very slightly. Wow. This, did, this didn't do it for me as a kid. I was like, all right, it's good, but they don't find the footing until later. It, it's not a big jump from Last Crusade to this. So don't go, oh, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. You're your shitty opinion. No, it's not a far cry. There is a lot of good in Temple of Doom. There's all, listen, I get the arguments. I just prefer it better. I know this is a 
story-wise better film, but I prefer this. I prefer the other two over this. This doesn't pass the remote test. I'm sorry. After the boulder scene, nope, nope, nope. Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, without question. This, what, I have to tune in to see. what? What's the part I have to tune in to see, Kevin Israel, besides the boulder? And the fight, maybe, the, okay, the fight, the boxing fight. By the way, the blood looks like someone threw Kool-Aid on the cockpit window. Good, bravo, bravo. Uh, what are the scenes I have to see? Go ahead, I'm waiting. I've been, literally, like I said, each, each little chunk of the movie each little each little separate adventure i think is great i had actually the, i think the the whole the scene with the uh when he's on the boat and then he swims over and everybody gets all excited i think that's a that's a great scene that it's it's such a little throwaway scene the 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 scene where he uh obviously the plane fight scene i like the scene in the, in the temple where he's dealing with the snakes and then uh, albeit the light does move very fast i mean i think i think all of these so many of the scenes are iconic and definitely rewatchable not in my book. It's not. Uh, does that pass the remote test? Listen, I know it's great. I know it's a great film. It's just not as great as everyone makes it out to be. I, it's, it's number three in the list. Listen, seven out of ten. Good. Very good. Good. Not very good. Very good. I'll, say, I'll stick with that. Very good. Crusade puts us away. And I give a slight edge with Temple of Doom over this. Again, maybe it's maybe it's because I do like the buddy cop aspect. Maybe because it's not because it's lighter. I don't think this was darker, but the whole arc thing was just eh, and the end with the souls. Ah, fuck you, and the and the light in the sunroom. Ah, fuck you. It, it, it just it didn't have that impact with me as it had with other people. I think the Grail story is much better. It, it's very similar to this one with the whole religious this aspect of it. It's it's it's. Oh, I think this is overrated. It's good. It's not as great as everyone says it out to be. Seven out of ten. I expected you to say five out of ten, Blake. I'll be honest. I mean, maybe even a six, but three. Well, I might have yeah, I might have been a little rough on it, but I mean, it's it's again, it's it's because I think the other films are so great, and I think that it caused problems with those films. Yeah. Critics five star reviews. Five star reviews. Five star reviews by critics. One of the all-time greats, Harrison Ford is perfection plus as Indiana Jones, so an iconic a ca- so an iconic a character that the AFI cite him as the second greatest movie hero of all time. You ready to hear who number one in- was and number three is? Sorry, I take it back. Number three, I think you can figure out, is James Bond. The number one all-time hero according to the AFI, which is another reason why you should hate the AFI. I assume it's not Luke Skywalker. No, it's Atticus Finch. Oh, Jesus. Fuck you. (laughs) Listen, this blowhardiness surpassed anything that Hurricane Sandy could muster. Eat my ass. Who's running around saying Atticus Finch is the greatest hero of all time? No. Quint the Captain in Jaws is better hero. Robin, Chris O'Donnell, and Batman and Robin is a better hero than Atticus Finch. <laughs> I've never even seen the movie. What? Batman and Robin? No. Uh, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. I did in school. It's, it's good. It's not. Again, everyone's to blow because of the social, you know, fingerprint on it. You can't do it on that. It's good. It's not. Ugh, people are assholes. To quote the man himself in one of his sequels, 
it belongs in a museum. And I say that all the time. I love that line. If you've only seen one of the more recent films and find them somewhat wanting, you owe it to yourself to check out the original to see how fresh and original these blockbuster films once felt. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie. I don't have to tell you why it's great. You just know it's great. Instead, what follows is a very personal list. What follows is a list of very personal moments, which I didn't care to outline. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. The thrills are fully consumed while you're seeing this movie, and it's totally over when it's over. It's a workout. You feel as if you've been to the desert digs. At the end, your mind is blank, yet you're parched. You're puffing hard. You want relief. I felt none of those emotions here, folks. How about you? Was, was he like riding a bike while he was watching the movie? <laughs> was he wearing a VR helmet while watching this? One would think that a collaboration between Steven Spielberg and George Lucas would provide something, produce something better than this giggly pastiche of a Republic serial. Someone's trying mm. to use old timey references to seem more educated. Look at you. The picture is offering you a pact. You agree to be a, you agree to be a kid again in return for which Raiders will give you old time movie thrills expressed in slick modern cinematic terms. No thanks. I hate that person. Yeah. I don't even know them. You don't have to. You know everything you need to know about yeah. them from that review. That's the same type of person to, to voluntarily explain what their diet program is. You know, I don't care. My big complaint, take Indiana Jones out of the story and nothing changes. The Nazis still find the Ark, still open it and die. Fair. Very fair. Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star review the booze. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews, five-star reviews. I love it when Nazis melt. May they all meet that fate. Signed, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> My kids, Gen Zers, hadn't seen this, so I put it on for them. There are so many references to movies like this in our culture. I feel like they're necessary for an understanding of popular culture. Indie, does, indie doesn't disappoint. There are a few things here and there that you couldn't do if you were making the movie today. Like what? I think yeah. my what. I mean, the whole reference about her being so young and whatever, they would have ah, definitely avoided that. Fair point. I think my kids even notice the differences in how male and female characters and foreigners were treated versus how they are typically in more recent productions. Still a good romp. How they treat foreigners so shitty. He wasn't disrespectful toward him in this film. And how are they foreigners? They were the foreigners in a foreign land. Aha. Well done, sir. Again, trying to shoehorn an agenda that's not there. God, I hate these people. When this movie came out, I was a much younger man, but I had a full-time job. Still, I saw this movie six times in five days. What's your full-time job, paper boy? That's a lot. I saw Pulp Fiction in theater three times in six months, and I thought that was a stretch. Grandma just starting to get into Indiana, and the little boy as a sidekick. Looks like grandma just admitted that she's in stage one of dementia because that's Temple of Doom. (laughs) This movie sucks. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas suck also. Wow. 
That's Amazon one-star reviews. I'm sorry. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. It's time for Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. This movie sucks. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas suck also. All right. He's clearly got his opinions. Which are wrong. The casual colonialism colonialism of Indiana Jones. Again, here's someone with an axe to grind, but no common sense. Just a handle and no blade. That's mine. I'm coining that phrase. Oh, that was the whole review? Uh, yeah. Here's someone with an axe to grind, but no common so, Yeah, here's someone with an axe to grind. That's what I said. Oh, sorry. The casual colonial, colonialism of Indiana Jones. That was their review. That was the whole review. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how different that, that was than the previous one. <laughs> and they both suck. <laughs> and it's not, they're not even true. Where, how is he trying to colonize a desert in Africa? <laughs> Fucking people are... Much hokier than I had remembered. Plot holes, bad acting, cardboard characters, flat dialogue. Ugh. The dialogue is a little flat. I can admit that. Cardboard characters. That's crazy. Isn't I, yeah. Okay, too much action. No time to rest. Too many special effects overproduced. It's like a bombardment of zesty images, one after another, after another, etc. I think some might really like this movie, but this is the first time I didn't care for Harrison's performance. I understand that many people like this, but I like I like Ford in his later productions, like his dramas. I am probably in the minority out of everyone who's seen this film. Most like it, I've heard. I've heard just being the general public. Were they like a big regarding Henry fan or what lies beneath? Liked it way better when it first came out. Unfortunately, the acting and storyline isn't as good as it's today's standards. Some people like the classics. It's still great to watch, but for the first time, viewers, it will be corny since you are used to modern films. I watched 1966 Batman TV show and it was horrible. But when I was a kid, it seemed so awesome. Same thing with Indiana Jones and et cetera. Shows like I Love Lucy still seem okay by modern, modern, this guy keeps typing that wrong, you moron, modern, modern standards to me. Anyway, it's not bad if you can't find anything else, but it is corny to me. You know, I hate to think that just because it doesn't have like a bunch of flashy CGI fights that people would look at it and say, ah, oh, this movie's corny because it has, you know, actual stunts and, you know, real action. Um, I like to think that that's not dead just because Marvel and I love Marvel movies, but, you know, there is a value to actually having two people interact with each other over just CGIing it. Right. That's ludicrous. Kevin Israel. Did Blake Fulton gut the sacred cow? Yeah, see, I know that this is going to end up being a thing and we're going to have to go to the go to the viewers because the listeners, because I say he did not. And I already know Kevin's going to say he did. And so we're going to have to put it to a vote. I agree. You're exactly right. He did gut it. He made listen. He made a lot of great points. You can't sit there and say he didn't. I, I think he did, he did. You did a fantastic job. You did. And. I have both of our guest winners did fantastic jobs with their movies. Yes. Uh, and I, and I think it shows that some of our guests, while we love our guests, some of them come on and they probably didn't listen to how this, this 
podcast works and you guys obviously have listened and get it so kudos to you you did a fantastic job you put together a, a great argument your 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 multi-universe argument was like i said fascinating but for me you did not and i still adore this movie but i i see where you guys are coming from and i'm willing to allow our esteemed listeners to make the call audience voted shall be Blake, what, what, what do you want to promote? Where can we find you? What are you up to? Or do you just want to stay in obscurity so your job won't fire you? <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that probably sounds right. When I was uh, you know, uh, having this uh, mic shipped up because I was going to be on a podcast, you know, because <laughs> some folks, uh, you know, we have folks on uh, our labor lawyers will be on an HR podcast or something. <laughs> so I just, I just left it kind of random. It's just, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, podcasts. <laughs> so, no, n- nothing, nothing for me to promote. Uh, I, I don't think so. Thanks, thanks for the opportunity, though, guys. I appreciate Good. it and, and enjoyed it. I had a great time. You're very, very welcome. Absolutely. Thanks, for awesome. Kevin, Kevin Israel. What can we? Where can we find you? KevinIsrael.com for dates and whatnot. Um, and more importantly, leave us some reviews. Leave us some ratings on your podcast platform of choice. We can't express enough, even though we try to, how important it is to us, not just not just for the success of the podcast, but we also like seeing it and like getting your feedback. Uh, it warms the cockles of our hearts. Mm. Cuttingthesacredcow.com is where you can find all that information. Don't forget, follow us on YouTube. Help us get the, reach that uh, magical 1,000 subscribers so we can make a few uh, Deutsche Marks or shekels or lira or whatever you want to call it, or euros and be modernized. We'll and, even take uh, a Bitcoin. Sure. Not Dogecoin, though. <laughs> Whoops. And, <laughs> but guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all that. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok. Yeah, I know. We don't floss, so we're not going to you know, lip sync while wearing thongs, at least. Not, not this account. That's our OnlyFans account. Ha! Another OnlyFans reference, Kevin. You were, you were worried I was going to get one in there, weren't you? <laughs> we almost made it. <laughs> KevinGoatee.com as well as Kevin Goatee on the uh, Instagram. Follow me. You can get my NFL picks. Uh, 54.6% against the spread. Remember, 52.5 is even, so I'm ahead of the curve. And you can watch my daughter eat treats as I give my NFL picks. KevinGoatee.com. GuttingTheSacredCow.com. GTSC Podcast on Twitter. Blake Fulton, you are fantastic. So this is a uh, listen. A lot of people are like, I could do, I could do this. Some with, with what the uh, the panelists do or the gutters do. Some of them can't. The listeners, two for two. Well done, sir. Well done, Blake. Thanks again. We'll uh, see you guys later. Take care. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get sixteen ounce packs of flavorful Angus ninety percent lean ground sirloin for four ninety nine each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on twelve packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.